Thanks for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com slash stories to share your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's Word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Would you help welcome the internet audience tonight? (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. Why don't you turn around and say hi to somebody if you haven't yet. And if you already have, you can have a seat. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? I'm kind of bundled up tonight and wearing my boots, praise the Lord. And I just wanted to say thank you to all the horse ranchers or people for your continued support to our church and to Marion County. No, seriously, I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, come on. Thank you so much. I, uh, I was on vacation, and I got a text, and then they asked me if, if I wanted to minister, to pray about it. I texted them right back. I've been praying for things like this all my life. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so grateful to be here. I was in California, and my wife and I were visiting and vacationing a little bit. But while I'm there, I always, when we travel somewhere, I always like to find a park early in the morning. Uh, somewhere that's kind of with a breeze or with shade and sit down and think and meditate just to refresh my soul. We know that around here, the old proverb, uh, it's, uh, it talks about, it's Armenian proverb, that solitude is full of God. But also, uh, if you're not healthy in your soul, silence can be deafening because your soul is all messed up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes in my prayer life, I, I, I'm quiet before the Lord. I should say most of the time I'm quiet before the Lord because any conversation has to be two-way. I talk and guess what? I got to let him talk. But if my mind is in a lot of different places, it's cluttered. It's emotionally cluttered. And the last time I was with you, I talked about it that if you change your mind, you can change your life. And the Lord reminded me of some things and he wanted me to tell you something. And I don't want you to be spooky about it, but... Uh, I do believe I have a prompting from the Lord, and he reminded me of something that I tweeted and put on Facebook not too long ago. Then he added something to it, and it went kind of like this. God sees all things, knows all things, and can help all things. He knows where you are and wants to move you where he wants you to be. That's a byproduct and also on the words of Meadowbrook exists to help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. And I also told you the last time I was with you that I want everything that God has for me. And I asked you a question, how about you? And most of you said, yes. But sometimes when silence is deafening, there's some adjustments that we need to make. My wife and I, uh, we went on a trip many years ago to, to Italy. Yes, we went to Italy. I hope I'm not name dropping, but the Lord reminded me of something. I'm going to share something with you regarding that. We landed in Milan, and we were driving, and we drove to Venice, came around, and we went to Bologna. Yeah, where Bologna was founded, big old hunks of Bologna. (laughs) Bologna, it's a big university town. And we were coming down from Bologna to Florence, and guess what? We got lost. It's it's different when you don't have GPS. You know, back then they didn't have GPS. You still had, uh, in some places, you still had to 
rotary dial and push the button. But we had cell phones, thank God, but they were flip phones. You remember those flip phones? So we called the lady who happened named to be Sylvia, and this is what she asked. She asked, where are you? <laughs> then she said, where are you coming from? She said, also asked, what do you see? And then I thought to myself, if I knew all those answers, I wouldn't be calling you. <laughs> but the Lord started to share something with me concerning those three things. Where are you? Where are you coming from? And what do you see? See, I have a question for you personally, and it's this question. Where are you? Where are you? Because I asked some people, hey, where are you? Right? And they said, I'm in Ocala. And I said, that's where your body is, but where are you? I asked somebody else, oh, I'm at church. And I said, no, that's where your body is, but where are you? Because in the kingdom of God, you can be there, but not all, not all be there. We have a saying around here, when you're there, be all there. How many of you have been in a restaurant or something, there's a, a man or a woman with kids, and then the family's trying to interact, but someone's on the cell phone? The wife is trying to talk to the husband, but he's conducting business, and he's there, but he's what? Not all there. So the question that I have for you, the first question is, is where are you tonight? Because from the last time, if you are out of alignment and your wheel's a little warped and you have a bad attitude, guess what? That's okay because God can realign us no matter where we're at. Isn't that good news? I haven't always known where I was. I thought I did, but in reality, I didn't. We're going to talk a little bit about this scripture in Genesis 3, 7 through 12. It says, then the eyes of both of them referring to Adam and Eve, were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, repeat it with me, where are you? So he said, I heard the voice, your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. I ask you, where are you today in your marriage? Where are you today with your finances? Where are you today with your family? Where are you today with your walk with God? It's very important to know where you are. Because if you don't know where you are, guess what you are? Lost. Listen, you can be converted and be Christ-like in the sense that you know you're going to heaven and still be lost in your soul and in your mind. Where are you tonight? I want to say that I know every moment where I'm at, but I'm not. That's why it's important to ask for directions. Ask for what? Nobody really likes to be told what to do. You guys are really quiet. <laughs> do you know that I, somebody tells me what to do, and when I feel that way, I'm emotionally cluttered because I'm wrong in my attitude. 
you think I like my wife telling me what to do every moment of the day? I'm trying to make, break it down for you. Every Monday morning, the, you know, she's laughing. The garbage comes. Every Monday morning and Thursday morning. My wife, and take this with a grain of salt, can be in a dead sleep. Dead sleep, I'm getting ready to come to church or to, to, to the office. She kind of looks over, take out the trash, and then boom, goes right back to bed. <laughs> I know that the trash comes every Monday and every Thursday. Stop telling me what, what to do. Now, it doesn't bug me as much, but it still does. But watch, watch. you know why she keeps telling me what to do? Because sometimes I forget to take out the trash. And we've been living in that house, what, 10 years, 11 years? Guys, husbands especially, don't look at me strange. You know what I'm talking about. Listen, guys. Where are you? See, because when you don't know where you are, going back to the scripture, you cover yourself from your responsibility. If you don't know where you're at, you try to hide. You become twisted in your hearing. Because the Bible says that they were naked and they covered themselves. They try to cover the consequences of their sin. What they also say says that they heard God coming and they were afraid When you don't know where you are, your hearing becomes twisted. You become defensive. You become touchy. Eventually, you become prayerless. And then you start to put the blame on somebody else. See, when you don't know where you are, you look for, you try to put the, the, back up here. You try to justify where you're at by saying it was somebody else's fault. Now, we'll stop right here really quick. Somebody may have hurt you in your life, and it was not your fault. And I'm going to be very clear with you here. Maybe you were molested. Maybe someone murdered or someone in your family died in an accident. I'm not saying that type of thing. But what I am saying is what Pastor Tim talked about on Sunday. He said this. How long are you going to stay in the place of moaning and groaning with a bad attitude? Because we must pursue peace. We have to go after it. And you and I, what we need to do is locate where we are. Is this serious enough for you? Because what I want to do is help you. I want to help myself. I, I, I know a man here that traveled with us to Nashville, Tennessee on a missions trip uh, last year, or maybe about six, seven months ago. And he was going through travesties in his business and in his life. And we talked a little bit about where he was in life. And this is all that I told him. Just continue to be consistent where you are, and eventually things will begin to change. Pastor Tim tells us this. That consistency is always better than intense effort every time. Ain't that right, my brother? So we need to know where we are, just like we needed to know where we were in Florence, Italy. He, watch this. When we were coming back from California, 
that's where I went on vacation. And uh, we were late. We stopped in Phoenix, and then we came to Orlando. We, I had an empty row, and I was sitting, right, and I was in, like, the aisle, and I was going to move over to the window, and they said, the doors have now been shut. So someone got up and came over, and they didn't sit at the window. Watch. Where do they sit? Right next to me. How many of you know that I could have gotten a bad attitude right then and there? <laughs> so I started talking to this gentleman. Watch this. He had a bad taste of Christianity a long, long time ago. His father was an atheist that now has been in church for over five years, but he wants nothing to do with church. Holy Ghost appointment. And I asked him a question. Where are you and what are you looking for? And I started talking to him. Now, after it was all over... I didn't realize, but through the conversation that we were having, I realized that his father, his media director, and then someone from sales was sitting in the aisle next to me because I was in the aisle, and he was sitting here. And then my wife and I started talking. I was telling her about the situation, and this is what she said. The whole airplane knows what you're talking about. I was just having a conversation with him. He started asking me questions about books of antiquity, the Gaelic Wars, the, the, the writings of Caesar. And guess what? I took six classes of humanities when I was in college. <laughs> guess what we talked about? I started to talk to him and answer the questions based on where he was. But also I asked him, what are you afraid of? And this is what he came down to. He says, I fear rejection and failure. And most of us don't want to take on the responsibility because we fear rejection and failure because we've been hurt by something. But I'm here to tell you today, don't fear the presence of God. We serve an almighty God and he can answer your questions. And if you can't figure it out, then it's not worth knowing. Pastor Tim ministered on worried over why, worried about the why. When you always try to figure it out and you can figure out God, your God is too small. My God is too small. So we need to know where we are. In knowing where we are, let me tell you this, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what you've seen, what you've spoke, what happened to you because God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is an all-powerful, all-knowing God. He's eternal. Watch this. You and I cannot hide from God. In Psalms 139, verses 7 through 12, it says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. One translation says, If I make my bed in Shile or hell, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn and I settle in the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Now, God does not guide you into destruction or to be away from him. What that means is he's there waiting for you to get you back to where you need to be. Even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, Listen to this verse. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. 
no matter where you have been, seen, or done, it's nothing impossible for God. Nothing. He is the father of all lights. Nothing is dark for him. He heals, repairs, restores, provides, and forgives. He gives beauty for ashes and strength for fear. He gives gladness for mourning and peace for despair. We sang about an almighty God. Don't lose the power and the wonder of his presence. Again, in Psalms 139, 12, it says, Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as night, is as light to you. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, what you've seen, and you shouldn't care what anybody thinks about you. You should only care about what God thinks about you. So I ask you, where are you tonight? Where are you? And I'm here to tell you, God already knows. The second question I have for you tonight is, where did you come from? Remember about that phone call I told you about? I said, we're coming from Bologna. That means we're in the north side of town, going into Florence. See, because a destination always has a starting point. Where you are determined to find, what you are determined to find will lead you toward a direction. In other words, if I wanted to go back to Milan, I couldn't go south anymore. Right? Because Milan is up north. So I knew and I had to locate where I was. And then I had to, they asked me, where have I come from? Your mess has a message Wherever you've come from, let God renew that. And God can use your mess for a message. If you look around here a little bit, I I know a few of you and I know some of your testimonies. And some of you were messed up. Some of you still might be messed up. But a lot of you that I know have used where you've come from. That has been renewed through the word and the grace and the mercy and the power of an almighty God. Now your mess is a message. You cannot take lightly where you've come from. The Bible says this, remember your chains. It doesn't say that the chains still bind you. It says remember your chains. Because when you come out, you can show them that the shackles have now been broken off your life. Isn't that good? So... Watch this. When you look at a map, there are two things you need to do. Find out where you want to go, but you also have to find out where you're located. If I want to go to Tallahassee, I don't take I-75 South. Is Is that better? Is that a better location? See, plotting a course is determined by a fixed bearing of a star or degree of a compass in order to get proper direction. So where are you right now and where do you get your bearings from? Because if it does not come from the word of God, eventually you're going to get lost again. You can be saved, but still be lost as a goose in a snowstorm. Now watch. 
In John 8, 14, it says this, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I've come from and I am going. And where I am going, you do not know where I've come from and where I am going. In Psalms 32, 8 and 9, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the ways you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit in a bridle, else they will not come near you. In my reading, it says two things, that a horse is swift and beautiful, but it equals to pride and unteachability. The second one is a mule. It talks about being strong and powerful and endures, but it's also stubborn and unteachable. Uh Uh-oh. Don't point at her, brother. (laughs) Seriously, he was going. But it says you need to bridle. I'm going to come on over here. Don't worry, Tom, I won't break it. I had to learn a little bit about this. This is called a lead. This is called a bit. Should I? No, it's just good. <laughs> and this is the harness. I want to thank uh, Piazza Ponderosa for allowing me to use this. And it says there that we need to put the bit in the horse, right, and in the mule, bridle it in order so it can come near us. Do you realize that's also a symbol of coming to the presence of God? There are certain things that you should be saying And certain things in your life that need to be harnessed, right, in order for the Holy Spirit to come. I'm not going to put it in the proper place, but connect and then lead you. Where are you will determine where you're going. And if you can harness the things right with the word of God, the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you in the direction that you should go. But until the Bible says in the book of James, until you calm the tongue... The Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. James talks about that the tongue is a deadly poison. That if you're a teacher, you need to bridle yourself because you can move the whole body. In other words, if I'm up here teaching you with the improper word, I'm going to direct you wrong. But if we're speaking the word of God and harnessing our tongue when our attitude wants to say something else, then when we do that, then we are harnessed in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our will, and then eventually the Holy Spirit begins to lead us in the right direction. Now watch this. The Holy Spirit always wants to lead us in the right direction. But if we're messed up in our thinking, like I said the last time I was with you, it isn't that he's not talking to us. It's that we don't know how to clearly listen. Is everybody okay tonight? I don't know about you, but I'm, 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 I need to learn some things. Because the Holy Spirit's talking to me as I'm talking to you. Now watch. So a horse needs to be harnessed, the bridle of the tongue, the mouth, and we need to bind the promises of God around our neck. Proverbs 3, 1 1 through 4, it talks about binding the promises of God around our neck. Here's the third one that they asked us on the phone call. They asked us, where are you? Where are you coming from? But what do you see? 
See, because if you're messed up, you're not going to see clearly. You're going to see the problems and not the promises. If you don't know where you are, if you don't know where you're coming from, you're not going to be able to see properly. Watch. You know what we saw? Blockbuster. Believe it or not, in Florence, there was a blockbuster right there. Now, why am I saying this? Because we went, our eyes went to the things that we recognized. And we were accustomed to seeing. Peter, when he denied Jesus, he went back to where Jesus found him. Fishing. And when we are not properly healthy spiritually, we always default back to the things that we're comfortable with. And those things may not be the best things. They may be godly things, but they may not be the best things. Like, oh God, I'm just a worm, no good. Well, the Bible says you're the righteousness of God, so why are you saying that you're a worm? And let that sit there just a little bit. So we need to know what to see. Or we got to ask ourselves, what am I seeing in my life? Pastor Tim talked about that there are natural laws. There are spiritual laws. But there are also attacks of the enemy. But if you don't know how you see yourself in Christ, you'll always say that's the devil. When it's not the devil, it may be your own Silly actions. I was going to say another word, but I'm not going to say that word in church. (laughs) Don't worry, it's not a cuss word. Let's read Jeremiah 1, 5 through 10. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now think about God is talking to the prophet, but God is talking to you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. What has God sanctified you to be? And if you can't see that, you're never going to find your purpose in life. Verse 6, and then said, I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. Here this guy just heard, Jeremiah just heard God say what he was. And then he says, I'm not good enough. God may ask you to do something. You're saying, I'm not good enough. Who said, remember we read that, who told you you were naked? And it says here, ah, last Lord, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. Bridle your tongue. For you shall go to all whom I sent you and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what does it say there? What do you see? God can give you promises, but you have to agree with those promises. But if you don't agree with the promises because you don't know where you are or where you're coming from, you're eventually going to start speaking negative even though God says you're blessed. You and I are blessed. I just finished listening to uh, a little video podcast from Chris Hodges. And he talked about the prayer of Jabez. Uh, Pastor Hodges is uh, is in Alabama. 
Birmingham, and they kind of oversee all the ark churches where we're affiliated with and we help out. And then there he talked about the prayer of Jabez. And he talked about that God, let your hand be on me, enlarge the tent of my dwelling. And he also talked about that you would bless me. See, blessing is not just for you. See, I don't need just things for me. Because when God blesses me, he's always going to call me to do something for somebody else. So I want to be blessed. I want to have influence. I want him to stretch me. Oh, I want him to stretch me. At least I think I do. But then he'll say certain things about you and me in his word. And then you and I have to agree with those things and take the responsibility to activate our faith toward them. And then you'll know where you are, where you're coming from, and you'll also see where you're going. See, you and I, we are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Where you are, where you're coming from, and what do you see? I'm going to read something to you. It's not going to go up on the screen. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 8. In verse 16, it says this, Therefore do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For these light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working far more exceeding internal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's crazy talk. Is that there? No, it's not there. Yes, it's there. But I don't exist here. Even though I live here, I exist there. So I have to tap into there in order to change the here. That's faith. Faith is trusting in what he has promised to you. Again, I tell you, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you. God is a repairer and a restorer. But I will tell you this, that in my prayer time, the Lord has spoke to me that many of you know what you want, but there's a lot of heaviness and weightiness on you because of what's happened to you in your life. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe you've never committed your life to the Lord or you strayed away from the Lord and you're here and you haven't been in church in a long time. I'm not a prophet. All I am is a God that loves Jesus. People have said certain things, and I don't mean to sound arrogant, that word of knowledge or wisdom or thing. I don't know about all that stuff. All I know this is that I'm confident in the things of God. That's all I know. That's all I want to know. I've tried to press toward the title, toward the image, toward the influence. And the more I tried, the more I failed and the more frustrated I felt. So before anything, I'm a Christian first, and I'm a husband second. Everything else falls into place. And I tell you those things that I've been where you've been. But God wants to do something in your life. Every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. Blessed Lord, eternal King, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray tonight that you would be with them. If you're here tonight and you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ, or if you want somebody to pray for you concerning 
where you're at, where you've come from, or what you see. Listen, be confident. Be bold. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if that's you, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Hands up, please. There's one. There's another. 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 You can pull your hands down. What we're going to do here is we're going to have, in just a moment, everybody's going to stand up. And you, if you raised your hand and you want prayer, you want to make a commitment to the Lord, I'm going to ask for you to please step forward. We're going to have people praying for you. We're going to have people just share faith with you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to ask anything from you. So please, one, two, three. Everybody stand up. And if you're standing up and raised your hand, please come up to the front. Please come up to the front. Come on, I'll greet you down here. Come on, folks. Let's, let's clap for them. There's some people coming. Thank you so much. Come on, if you raised your hand, come on up here. Come on up here. Let me pray for you. Thank you so much. Come on, man. Stand right here in front of me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Stand right here, bro. Stand right here. Now, these are some brave people here. I know other people raised their hand. Maybe they're still coming. I don't know. We're going to pray for them. I guess they're still coming. Come on over, sir. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. What we're going to do is we're going to pray for these folks. I'm just lay my hands on them. Nothing, it's doctrinal. It's nothing spooky or anything. All I'm going to do is pray for them. And let the Spirit of God talk to them. And right after that, I'm going to, we're going to hook you up with some people so you can talk to and just go from there. Let's pray. Everybody just pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are here. I thank you for their heart and their courage, dear Lord, to make a step toward you and not toward any type of denomination or religion, but toward you. And we that are here at Meadowbrook Church, we love them and we honor them and we bless them. We say that wickedness cannot have them and cannot take them. We say strength into their lives and into their body and into their situations. Father, you know the end from the beginning. You know what they have need of before they even ask. We thank you so much for that. Bless them, fill them, use them, be with them all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give them another hand clap. It's my brother Dave. wants to talk to you a little bit, and he wants to just introduce himself and just give you some information. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you so much. Did you receive something tonight? Thank you so much for coming. God bless you, and we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.